At American University, we don't just hope for change, we create it. We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout D.C. to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash grad school. So I went on YouTube live and did a live uh, review of the Lith IPO and why I didn't buy it. And so you're going to better hear me talk live, people in the chat room, and actually people that called in towards the end. So this is just a live version as I talk about why I don't purchase IPO, especially this new Lith IPO. So stay tuned. What up? What up? It's your boy Vigo Sachi. This is the Investor Show and you're checking in with the investor genius Prince Dykes. Let's get it. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and children of all ages out there across the globe? Um, I thought I would go live to kind of talk about this uh, Lyft IPO. I got a couple questions on it. People were asking me about it, saying, Prince, you know, what do you think about the Lyft IPO and the Lyft uh, going, okay? We're going through the IPO. You know, Lyft uh, IPO is initial public offering. This is the first time. Max B, what's going on? Yeah, he wants to. He said he wants to see Uber. You got Uber coming out. You got Lyft. Come, Lyft is out now. You got Uber coming out. You got Airbnb. Who knows? You're gonna have Grubhub next. All of the good stuff. This is the thing. I don't buy IPOs. If you really follow me, you listen to the podcast. If you haven't checked out the podcast, check out the podcast on the Investor Show. It's on iTunes. It's on iHeartRadio. It's on Spotify. It's on whatever, right? Whatever you can stream it on SoundCloud, whatever. But anyway, it's a weekly podcast that I do. And I made that. I want to buy the dip. Yes. What's going to happen is I'm going to wait until their, um, their quarterly report comes out. I'm going to wait until I see that 10K. Yes, the 10K, the quarterly report. When the quarterly report comes out, that's going to be the first time you're going to be able to see the finances of um, Lyft. Because ask yourself, how much money does Lyft makes, make? They had it evaluated at $25 billion. $25 billion based off of what? The stock evaluation? No, you need to see finances. I got to see, you know, what they say, we don't believe you. We need more people. That's exactly what I need. I need to see more of what people need to have. I need to see more of um, the finances, the revenue, the taxes, the everything, right? So that's <laughs> why I say way of a price. Exactly. That is um, Tony Sinlight Investment Education for the Youth. Yes. So I never buy IPOs because the IPOs, they come out, they're very, um, what is it? They're very over overpriced, they're overhyped. All this information goes into it. Then you always have the fake jump. This is the fake jump I'm talking about. For prime example, um, they are saying that I'm going to pull it up. Give me one second. Look at L Y F T. So let's stop. It said it went up eight percent yesterday, or eight percent on Friday. Um, it closed at seventy-eight dollars. They're saying it came in at let me see, sixty something dollars. Well, it went up to eighty-six dollars. It jumped up to $86, but ended up closing at 78%. Every IPO does that. Gary Wallace says uh, Uber IPO later this year. It's going to do the exact same thing. They're going to hype this thing up. It's going to jump 15%, and that jump is fake because the average person won't be able to get into that. That jump is from what they are saying is the um, what they're saying is the initial public offering. That jump is from people who already have stock. Like right now, you have people who have ability to buy the Uber stock that are inside the company, early investors, things like that. They're going to buy it for, let's say, 50 bucks, whatever, right? 
when it hits the market, it's probably going to run to 70. And everybody's going to be like, oh, look, Uber comes out with a bang and jumps up 20%. If you're sitting at your computer and you hit the refresh button, as soon as the market comes open at zero uh, at, at 930 and you try to purchase it, you're probably not going to be, you're not going to get it for that $50 price. By the time your order goes through, you're going to get it for $70. And once you buy it for $70, um, PDY said good teaching. Once you're going to buy it from $70, then it's going to drop off. Then, because right now, nobody knows nothing about Lyft. Nobody knows anything. I don't think people know it's a product. They're familiar with the product. Everybody in this room or they will catch the playback. You probably have purchased, you probably have used the Uber or you know somebody that used the Uber. Great. But do you know how much money the company makes? How much debt does it have? Uh, what's its cash flow issue? What is its risk? What are its competitors? Do you know any of that information? Probably not. You know? Um... Do you know any of that information? Probably not. So how can you go out there and make an investment? If I walked up to somebody and said, hey, man, if some, if some random guy walked up to you and said, hey, man, let me borrow uh, $10,000 or $1,000 or whatever, you know nothing about this person. Would you give them the money? I mean, some of you guys would, you know, trustworthy than I am, but no, you're going to kind of, hey, um, you know, what do you do? Or how are you going to pay my money back? You're going to want some terms, right? And the reason why you're going to want the terms because you want to look at, is this person, does this person have the ability to pay my money back? Gary Wallace said, this, uh, that's why you need to start a fund so we can get in for the IPO. <laughs> that's exactly what happens. Gary, you're 100% right. When someone starts a company, right, one day I might IPO. That's my ultimate goal, one day to IPO something, be a part of an IPO. But, uh, you know, oh, speaking of that, I did do the interview. Y'all stay tuned. We did have the dating uh, post, the CEO, uh, Ray Robbins. She came through. Um, and she has a publicly traded company. I think Ray Robbins is like 28 bucks right now. But she was the CEO. She stopped by, did a great interview. That'll be out sometime next week. But anyway, because um, uh, I know I told you guys that last week. Travel with Aaron, what's going on? Hey, what's up? What's going on? Yes. Um, so Tony said, like, he's talking about the recent interview that uh, Warren Buffett probably done with CSNBC. He says, never buy IPOs. He bought 100%, uh, you know, a hundred shares of Ford given him given to him back in nineteen fifty eight. Um, whatever. Oh, Gary, I said, keep me in mind. Definitely will. He said, I want in whatever you do. Yeah, one day, man, one day, one day. That's my thing. You know, I got four years left before I retire from the military, and then I may uh, buy a company. Then who knows? Well, big dreams. Uh, you think Lyft will go down next week as much as I do? I definitely do think Lyft is going to go down. I think it's really going to, you're really going to see the test. You're really going to see the test when that 10 K, when that 10 kilo comes, not the 10 kilo, but the 10 Q comes out. When that quarterly report comes out in three months, that's the first time you're going to be able to look at the books of Lyft. That's when they're going to be welcome into, because I've done that. I've done all that crazy stuff, right? I brought IPOs. I brought the hype on all these companies. Pandora went public. When uh, Facebook went public, and even then, when Facebook went public, it had a nice little run. But then it had to settle down. Once it calmed down and everything like that, once you get a chance to read and evaluate the finances, that's when you can make a proper investment. But yeah, Warren Buffett was 100% right. I should, I'm probably going to replay his clip put up on the channel. He did like a three-minute interview. They asked him about the Lyft IPO. He said, hey, I don't buy Lyft IPOs. But you already saw me do a video. I did a podcast on why I don't buy IPOs. They're usually a bunch of hype. Think about it, right? Let's walk through it. Let's, let's walk through the situation right now. Let's say I decide to take the investor show public, make it a publicly traded company. What good is a publicly traded company if nobody is buying it? It's nothing. So we got to market. We got to tell everybody about it. 
The whole reason why a company goes public is to raise money. We got to say, hey, they use their brand. You got to do X, Y, Z. Yeah, yeah, that's long term. When you look, but you got to think about it. He said you wish you were brought Amazon IPO, but no, I don't. I don't agree with that because this is why anybody can look at a stock chart and say, oh man, you know, I wish I would have brought. Um, McDonald's way back in the day and uh, Amazon way back in the day. I wouldn't have brought uh, Netflix, all that stuff. Anybody can look at a chart and say and re reverse back, but you got to look at how many of the ones that fail, right? How many of these IPOs, these hot IPOs come out and fail versus the ones that sustain over time? And even with Amazon, Amazon didn't go from zero to hero overnight. Amazon slowly took the stairs up over time, right? So that's why I don't even, you know, it's, a, it's almost like a gamble on which IPO is going to be the next big thing. So the way I can make a better decision is to look at the finances. And right now, you don't. When, when a company IPOs, you have no look at the finances. You just go off the brand. You say it's like rolling the dice most of the time when you lose. Yeah, because investors, investors never remember their losses. They always remember the wins. Every investor, man, look, I bought the stock. I made this money. I bought this rental property and done this. The things that go bad, investors have amnesia. They always look at the winners, but they look at they never consider the losers. It's like the lottery. Who does the, the media play to? Do they play to the winners or do they play to the losers? They're always going to pay to the winners. They're never going to highlight the losers. Even though we know that 99% of the people are losers that play the lottery. But they're going to play to the winners. They're going to play to the guy who hit the big uh, jackpot. Then that formulates in your mind, man, I need to get in on the lottery. That's what happened with IPOs. That's the bad thing about the media and investing because we never highlight the losers. The, when the, the people that lose, let's say five or six years from now, Lyft disappears, becomes Blockbuster or whatever the case may be, or uh, whatever, or Walmart, say Walmart fell off the face of the earth, you're never going to hear about the people that purchase IPOs. But a company like an Apple who's uh, strong and doing well, all those people are going to be all over the place. Look, I recommended Apple, Netflix, all the other good stuff. He said, I was going to invest. No, and if you guys follow me, you will see why I say never purchase an IPO. I've been down that path, and when I read and I got knowledge, and I said, man, you know what? It's like a crapshoot. Unless you're a day trader, that stock is, is going to say, oh, this stock opened up at $50, and it went up to $86. Bull crap. The average person can't get in there for $50 when the bell rings and watch it go up to $86. No. They're, by the time the bell rings, by the time the order gets processed, they're going to be the person that buys it for $86, and then the market is going to simmer down, and when the market simmers down, you're going to be sitting there holding that little IPO and thinking, oh, man, um, I bought it for, by the time my order went in, I got it for 86, but it closed at 78. So you're automatically down. The people that are saying, woohoo, the people that are the real winners are the people that are ringing the bell. <laughs> you know, those are the people who were the private investors before the company went public, right? They're the people like Kobe Bryant is with, uh, what's that company called? Body Armor, the drink. Um, yeah. Yeah, tra yeah, uh, Trevor around you're right. They don't think of uh, day trader don't think about the ins and outs of the stock. They just look at the movement, you know. Um, but that's the way I look at it. That's why I don't buy IPOs. And I wish I could. Oh, I need to, you know, update my stuff to where I could show. I could pull in that video right now. But I will put it in. Yeah, definitely give me some, give me some thumbs up if you like uh, the content. Thank you guys for coming in on Sunday night and uh, checking me out on YouTube. So I don't. That's why I don't buy IPOs. Think about it. So everybody that's listening live right now, or people that's catching the playback, um, when you're talking to me, if we decided to uh, go public on something, let's say if I sold all you guys stocks for $10, right? Everybody purchased a bunch of stock for $10.
When I go public, the only reason why I'm going public is to get money from the public. When you look at people that become bazillionaires and trillionaires, the number one way they do it, all of them are associated with a publicly traded company. Guaranteed. I won't say guaranteed. But all the ones that I know of, to the best of my knowledge, they come up uh, via the company going public. Now, when the, when the company goes public, when the company goes public, right, they start to look at certain people, right? When the company goes public, when we, let's say, uh, underwriters, the underwriters are the people that are going to help the company go public. When we go public, we have to market it. We got to be like, hey, guys, guess what? This company is going public. You know, who do we got to build hype around it? We got to do marketing. We got to do interviews. We got to um, buy ads. You pretty much got to market your IPO because there's nothing if I go public and nobody buys the stock. If nobody buys the stock, and then that means the stock has no volume. Volume is who's buying and selling. No volume. That means that we're not raising money. What's the whole reason for a company to go public? They're not going public to make you rich. They're going public to raise money for their company. Well, he said, what do you think about shortening? I won't get too crazy on the short side, but I do think the real testament will come in three months when the first financial reports come out. When the first financial report comes out on the Q10, that would be the quarterly report comes out on Lyft. That's what I think. If you got kids, cover it is. That's what I think all hell going to break loose. Right, so that's my, and that's how I usually happen with most IPOs. When they look at the finances, whoa, this company didn't make this much, or they did make this, or it could be on the upside, it could surprise, right? But to come in and evaluate a company, you haven't seen the finances, and they evaluate this company at twenty-five billion dollars already, right? Uh, travel with Aaron, you are, you say, you're right. Private trading is where you make the money. Look at Four Seasons Hotel. I think only two or three people own it. I don't think the company will ever go public. Um, what does lookout period mean? Can you explain by that when you say lookout period? Um, Tony? Um, Lyft doesn't have as much as the market. Yeah, think about it. Uber, Uber Eats, Airbnb, there's all great companies that have done great things, right? But the thing about it is you must, I'm getting all type of messages coming in. Right, but um, the thing about it is, when you look at these companies, what happens is it's the difference between expectation and realization. That made sense, right? Because think about it: if you're a twenty-five billion dollar company, they're probably going. Wall Street is probably going, and, and stockholders are going to expect. Look, we want to make a bunch of money. When that quarterly report comes out, and you say you only made ten thousand dollars, they're gonna have a problem with you. Um, I drive with Uber. Uh, Sterling Silver says I drive with Uber. Um, and say I drive with Uber and Lyft, and don't recommend it to anyone investing in stocks uh, for at least the next three months, just to see how things play out. You are right; <laughs> he is right. Uh, Tony says owners can't sell stock for three months. Right? If you are an owner of a particular company, if you are an insider, right? So they do have periods that you only can sell your stock for. So they want to make sure there's no insider trading going on. And then when you do buy and sell stock, if you are an insider, you must uh, let that be known to the public. So inside that 10K, inside that 10Q, you're going to see, hey, look, this many people sold their stock or this many people are buying stock or whatever the case may be. But you're right. The private trade like Subway. Subway is another company that is privately traded. You know what? Give me one second. I'm going to show you guys some um, a stock certificate. Here it is.
here it is right here, guys. Right here. I'm going to show y'all something that y'all might think was cool. First time I saw it was cool. Here it is. This is a stock certificate. See? The investor show. I can literally write stock certificates in the companies that I own, right? These are no crap stock certificates. If I want to be a privately traded company, I mean, of course, there's some legal ramifications that I got to go through, right? But this is a this is a back old school stock certificate that I can do privately. I can fill out on the back. I don't know if you can see the back. Fill out the information on the back, and I can get private investors now, right? Put in their units, put in their name, give them a stock certificate, right? You can sell stock. And the reason, the whole reason you're going to do this, you're going to give somebody a piece of paper so you can raise money to do XYZ or whatever you want to do, right? So that's all a stock certificate is. And these things are worthless if nobody is buying them. If I was to go public next year, I would have to do whatever it took to get my name out there. I would do whatever it took to get my uh Whatever it took to get my name out in to let people know that I should uh, buy a particular company. Yes, uh, travel and the FTC is all over owners. You're def you're definitely right on that because now when you are taking money from the public, you are everything is scrutinized. Everything. Like right now, it could be if I had a publicly uh, I'm privately traded, I can sell stock, have an email distro only to my private stockholders, all of the good stuff like that. I go public. I want to get money from the public. Whole nother uh, ball of wax. You got to have all type of lawyers and underwrite every everything you're doing, what you're doing with the money. All those, you got to have independent auditors, all that type of stuff, right? So you got to have all type of uh, people to uh, get inside of that. One second, I'm getting all type of messages. You know, let's see. Seeing this. So that's the way I look at it. That's the way I look at things or whatnot. So anyway, um, that's why I don't do IPOs. I fell for the hype. I remember when Pandora went public, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to just jump in there. I better, it it kind of build this, hey, you're going to lose if you don't. Wait till about three months. Wait till those up. That 10 key, that 10 Q, that 10 kilo, not kilo, 10 Q back, or 10 Q comes out, that quarterly report comes out, then we can digest it live. And we're going to see. Now you got to meet uh, Wall Street expectations. Because I feel as though with Lyft, Uber Eats, um, Airbnb, I think the expectations are too high. I don't think they're bad companies. I mean, they have a low overhead from my understanding. They don't own any cars. Pretty much all they have is an app and a, probably a cloud somewhere that stores information. And I'm pretty sure they got a little small team, so the overhead is pretty low, and people go out and drive the car, so I, I think it would be a pretty profitable company, right? <laughs> he says, sounds like my man got some keys on his mind. What you mean by that power zone, Seven? Okay, Tony, uh, sir, like I said, how can you invest in private companies before they go public or Red Robin, Uber, Airbnb? Um... um uh, no, sir, Paul, don't definitely not me. <laughs> but the only way you can get into privately held companies is you pretty much have to just know somebody. You have to like network in with somebody who knows you. You have to network in with somebody who. Uh... Hold on for a second. Ever seen? 
Um, yes, I'll get my phone just stays on fire. But um, yeah, you're 100 right. You have to for publicly for privately traded companies. You kind of got to know somebody or some people who work for a company. When some people who work for a company that haven't gone public yet, they may offer their employers or the employ not the employers but the employees. They may offer them because I've got friends that are like that where their company has allowed them to buy their stock before it goes public for two dollars. Exactly. So I got a friend. Um, I got a buddy, one of my good friends. His wife is working at a company that are allowing her to buy the stock for like two to seven dollars privately before it even goes public. And they're probably and I think they're projecting it to go public at twenty, twenty five dollars or something like that. So yes, when it goes public, those are gonna be the winners, the private investors. As of right now, to the best of my knowledge, I don't know a company I mean that's why it's called private, because private people can be selective. Right. Right now, I can sell stock to anybody that I particularly want to, right? You just can't go ahead and just buy my particular stock. I can pick and choose. I can call my dad and say, Dad, um, I want to sell you 100 stocks in my company for 10 bucks. And you know, 100 times 10 is 1,000. And that's going to be $1,000 to help me you know, do whatever the case may be, invest or whatever, buy whatever the case may be. Um, uh, one second. Jay Fox said, okay. Travel with Aaron says bonds are for people that don't want to lose so much close to retirement. That is true. It's very conservative. Quote unquote conservative. Jay Fox says, Hi, Prince. I have a question. Can you sell a stock certificate to another person? I have one too. Um, yes, you can. You can. Before you do that, make sure you sit down with a, um, a SEC attorney in particular, but you have people that are underwriters. Look at underwriter lawyers to make sure you're doing it right. Because when you take your friend's money, you just can't take your friend's money. You owe them a report. You know, it's, um, you know, it could, I mean, you can't buy stocks from a private company. That's why it's private. It's not open to everybody. You know, it's just like I have a private party. People are like, hey, man, how do I get in your private party? You kind of got to know somebody. You got to get invited. Maybe you work for the company. Maybe you might be a friend, a family member of someone who's starting their company. Like right now, right? You guys can buy, uh, if I was offering, which I'm definitely not at this time, if I was offering you guys um, stocks, if I wanted to offer you guys stocks, you guys would know. But what about somebody in Idaho? They may want to invest, but they don't, they don't know me. They don't know how to get to me They don't because it's not open to the public, right? Because um, that's pretty much how that goes. Because when you sell it, that's how things, um, things go and whatnot, right? So those are the things you got to be very mindful of. Those things you gotta be very mindful of when you talk to people and you talk about stocks and you talk about everything else, right? So, uh, let us call in. Gary Watts, they wanna call in. Give me one. You know what? <laughs> let me see, can I do it this way? I didn't set it up for you guys to call. Give me one second. Let me see, can I find my uh, Bluetooth? One second. Oh, one second. Since y'all want to call in. One little second here. Turn it on. 
All right. Welcome. This service. All right. So I got it set up to where y'all can call in. If y'all don't know, I'm going to type the number in here. The number is 563-999-1980. The number is, again, 563-999-1980. If you want to call in, that's the number. 563-999-1980. One nine eight zero. Alrighty, and I just typed it in as well. That's what the people have said they want to call in, and also give it a thumbs up and share around as well. Let me see. I've been pretty bad about this, so let me uh, add this up. I don't know what to call it. One second. Give me one second. Uh, there we go. And five six three. I didn't plan on being up, you know, to talk to everybody, but we can do that. Give me one second. I'm gonna put this on my Facebook. I need to cross brand. I need to put it on Facebook and Instagram when I'm live, but I don't do that a lot. Let me share my link here real quick. Okay, drips. So y'all talking about drips? He said I invest into your company. Um, y'all talking about over the counter? How can a person buy stock into a private company? Let us call in. Uh, do you uh, do you do any trading like options? Yes. I'm not as big on options as I used to be. I mean, that used to be. Very, very big on it. I'm not as big as I used to be. I used to almost dawn and day trade with it, right? But what happens with options, I don't think you should add option trading into your portfolio until you have a baseline portfolio. Um, and the reason why I don't do a lot of option trading videos now, because uh, the reason why I stopped, not I won't say I stopped, but I don't do a lot of option trading videos, because I've seen people who had never invested before, who never placed money up, and they all of a sudden wanted to just jump into option trading just off of the fact, you know? So, make that clear. I'm not offering a, a publicly traded company. I'm not offering anything. I don't want to be like, oh, well, there's no, sir. That's a lot of legal stuff that, a lot of legal jargon that you're supposed to do in order to do it properly. And uh, anything that I do, I'm going to do it properly to the best of my ability um, and with integrity, right? So there you go. But anyway, that's what people got to know. If you want to call in, 563-999-1980. I'm not going to be on here too, too much longer. Um, you know, the, uh, we all know it's Sunday night. And I got a couple things I got to knock out tonight. So I definitely want to uh, let you guys know. Check out Forger Family, you know. What's that? Yeah, ooh, what's that? Uzma Slam, what's going on? How's it going? I'm doing pretty good. 
He said, I started researching. So this is what happened with options. Let me just go ahead and break it down. This is, Guys, give us some thumbs up if you like the stuff we're doing. You know, I say that because people say you're supposed to say that because it helps your stuff get out there. But anyway, uh, the problem with option trading is what people do, you're like, wow, this guy made 20% in a day, 30%, 80% in a day, two days, weeks, or whatnot. And you get your money and you buy all these options. These are derivatives. Derivatives. Um, did you meet with the CEO of Red Robbins? Yes, I did. She did the show. It'll probably be out next week or something like that or whatnot. It'll probably be out next week. You know, I'll show you her flyer that's going to come out. Since I know only the only only y'all are the real ones that are out here, I'm sure it to you guys. One second. What the fly is going to look like. Yes, I did meet with the uh, CEO of Red Robin. She did call in. She has a publicly traded company. This is her flyer. Boom. Can y'all even see that? The light in the way? Boom. There it is. That's what it looks like right there. Any post. $1.8 billion brand. $1.8 billion. So, one second, guys. Let me uh, plug this. Just got to think that my laptop is low battery. Give me a second. You so said, I like Robin Hood, no commission. Yes, I do like Robin Hood. I don't think I don't like. Oh, crap. Oh, crap. I almost hit my lights for a second. <laughs> Give me one second. The only thing I don't. Uh, I do like. I definitely do like uh, Robin Hood. The only thing I don't like about Robin Hood is you don't have the data. You don't get the data. One second. I like what Max B said. How can I start my own Berkshire? First of all, I've been studying Berkshire, you know, left and right. Um, yeah, that's true. If you can get Class A, how much does the Class A call travel? Travel with Aaron? How much does the Class A cost? Um, how do you start your own Berkshire? I would say. You first have to buy good companies or take not good companies. You got to buy profitable companies. You buy a profitable company and you have to make that company better. Um, for prime example, you walk into a restaurant and you say, man, you know what? I know some ways I can make this restaurant better. They're wasting money here and there. You buy the company. You make it better. They create <laughs> exactly $300,000. Exactly. I will be at Berkshire next month. Y'all are... As I already know, I cover Berkshire. I will be at Berkshire next month, um, you know, covering Berkshire again. This will be my third year going there, uh, listening to uh, Buffett and Yahoo Finance and the people that's around him. Look at that, exactly. Travel with Aaron. So the average, that's a house. Class A is a house. So most people are going to buy Class B. Let's be honest. I think Class B is around, what, 200? And when you, when you put them on a chart together, side by side, they, get, they don't get this percentage-wise, they get the same return. So if the stock goes up 10%, yes, if you own Class B, that's like 30. Um, I don't think you can vote with Class B. You can't vote. 
Only class A get yeah, you're right. There you go. You can't. There it is. I see it. So yeah, so starting your own Berkshire, I think that you pretty much have to buy cash flow heavy companies. Cash flow heavy companies. When I dissected Berkshire, you know why Berkshire can just hold on to a stock for 20, 30 years? They can do that because they're not day trading. They can buy companies. They got the skill to where they can they their biggest uh, cash cow is freaking insurance companies. They own Geico. Just the name one. They own Geico. They own Duracell Battery. They own Dairy Queen. They own Fruity Balloons. They own the hand sanitizers of Pernell. Uh, they own, the list just goes on. You know, railroad companies and frame companies, you know, all these companies that they own out there. So that's why you got to be very careful. Power Zone, I've, I learned how to trade options from websites called Taste to Trade. Yeah, Taste to Trade School. They have a series where they show people with no background how to trade options. They even have their own own broker, which I use trade. Yeah, Taste to Trade is a good one too. You know, but um, what I like to do is I like to get hard assets. This is why I like to build my. I recommend build your portfolio up with hard assets first, whether it's via real estate properties, whether it be stocks, things like that. Then once you have more money, then you can get into buying derivatives. Uh, yeah, the TC made them. Yeah, yeah, they don't want to do a stock split. So he said that he'll never do a stock split. They never sell dividends. They said, "Do you like stockpile and stash brokers to buy fractional shares, especially for kids?" Yes, I do like stockpile. I have never personally, personally, um, I heard about it where you can get fractional shares, but um, it it makes a lot of sense, right? Uh, oh yeah, he said it makes a lot of sense. So yeah, definitely, man. Because what happens is you don't want to end up with a bunch of Call on Amazon. You can't pass that stuff down. A call on Amazon, a put on Lyft, uh, uh, a straddle on this. Uh, th that stuff is a strategic, that stuff is a, a very tactical portfolio, and that should not be the basis of your portfolio, you know, because all that stuff is going to do what, uh, what you call it. What are my thoughts on OTC stocks, over the, OTC or over-the-counter stocks, a.k.a. pink slips? I don't mess with those. No. Those are good for shorting. <laughs> Because most of the things don't make it. They use very small companies and they don't make it. You know, like um, they're very, very risky. They're very on the very on the stock market. You know, they're very high risk. You know, so as far as an investor, I'm more of a conservative type of investor. So going out there buying a bunch of penny stocks and watching them jump, that'll be something that I may possibly attain if I'm um, at home bored and, you know, you may get into that. But other than that, that's not investing. That's speculating. Not investing, that's speculating. Half of those companies on the OTC don't even make money. Uh, Tony says, do you like marijuana stocks and electronic cars? I definitely like electronic cars. When you say electronic cars, what stocks are we referring to? Are we talking about Tesla? Are we talking about Ford? Who are we talking about? Marijuana, as of right now, no. The only marijuana companies I'm kind of looking at or maybe interested in are the ones in Canada. Because I had a guy by the name of the CEO of Colorado Harvest Company. Tim? Cullen, Tim Cullen, he's the CEO of the Colorado Harvest Company, which is out here in Denver. Um, you know, it's a multi-million dollar company, marijuana company here in Denver, since, you know, Denver was the first city to legalize marijuana. And he said, hey, man, um, I I don't know, uh, like you said, 10 shares of a royal cannabis, right? A royal cannabis is out here. But the problem is, he said, hey, if you're selling marijuana, marijuana is not federally legal. So if marijuana is not federally legal, you can't... Um, publicly trade if you're a marijuana company. So when I learned that, it made me look sideways, well, like looking at all these other companies. 
I'm like, look at all these marijuana companies. Well, how are they trading? He's like, well, a lot of them are not really the marijuana business. They're more into like selling the paraphernalia. They sell like the tubing and the pipes and the wrappers and the, the you know, the other nuances, the websites, the stuff that goes into the marijuana. They're not real publicly, uh, what you call it. So since I know the CEO of Colorado Harvest Company, which is not a publicly traded company, I could call him and ask him, which I might. That's the only way I'd be interested. I could call him and ask him, hey, is there a way I can invest into your company? He said you have to be a Colorado resident. I don't know if he's taking investors. That's the only way I can get in at, at the private level if he sells me some shares at the private level. And then 10 years from now, he goes public. He goes public. You know, that's the way I could come up off of Colorado Harvest Company. Colorado, Colorado Harvest Company. Right? I may try to reach out to the Aurora Cannabis CEO. See what he come on the show. Y'all think he'll come on the show? Think he'll sit down and talk with me? So <laughs> he said probably. Yeah, because uh, Red Robin C Red Robin's headquarters is in Denver. Um, I've had Red Robin CEO, Dairy Queen CEO, uh, who other? You know, Colorado Harvest Company CEO, a couple other CEOs. But um, Western Union. But, you know, the list goes on. But as y'all know, oh, yeah, when I'm, I'm going to be in Omaha for Berkshire's uh, Hathaway, Hathaway, Hathaway annual meeting. I'll be doing local TV and local radio there. So I'll be on the local radio, 95.7, the boss there. I think on the Thursday before, um, I'm going to be in the studio doing something on the local radio. Then I'm going to be on TV as well. Max B said, do that for me and beef. Yeah, you know, when you go back and watch that episode, Max B, I asked him, I said, hey, how can I invest into your company in it's private? He was like, hey, you have to be a Colorado resident. Um, you got It was a little stipulations. And then he said he believes one day he will be able to go public, but as of right now, he can't. He has about four, uh, four what you call it? He said, take your investing son too. Um, yeah, they asked me to bring him. I said, he's going to come next year for the first time. You know, my wife's son is going to come first year. For the first time next year. And it's just that the problem I had with taking my son in is I know he's going to be bored fast and quick. He's going to be like, Dad, what are we doing? I don't want to be here, blah, blah, blah. So he just turned eight, and I'm going to take him when he is, uh, he'll be nine years old next year. So I'm going to take him when he's nine for the first time. So it'll be my fourth year. It'll be his first year. Um, take So yeah, I brought him a McDonald's stock because he always they didn't want McDonald's. I'm on McDonald's. Uh, he said, but for some reason, my son don't like my iPad. He don't like the iPad. He likes the phone better than he likes the iPad. You know, yeah. So he, but he owns a, um, he actually he owns a Berkshire. He he has a, he has a Class B at Berkshire. He got McDonald's. He got Google in there. Um, I'm trying to think of some other companies he got in there. I can't think of his portfolio off the top of his head. But the biggest thing I just done, Tony, I'm letting y'all in on some secret. I'm letting y'all in on some secret. I'm going to show y'all something. Y'all give me a second. I haven't even wrote about this yet. So I, here it is. 
uh, since I know it's going to be crazy, since I know it's crazy people in the world, I got to cover this up a little bit. Not because I don't trust y'all, but I'm going to cover up a little bit of this. From here down. You guys can see that a little bit. You can see his name on it for his for his birthday. Yes, that's the right number to call. Um, one second. Um, for his birthday, I brought him 4.9.3 acres here in Colorado. So he's a landowner for his eighth birthday. I'm going to write about this. I haven't put it out yet, but this is the deed. This is the actual deed that came in. As you can see, it's notarized, all that good stuff. I had to cover it up a little bit because I don't want nobody crazy to come see my address and try to come kill me. All of the good stuff. So <laughs> that's what we did. So that's what I did. It was a little cheap piece of land out in the middle of nowhere, Colorado. Nothing extravagant. You know, it's like 7,000 feet up to, but hey, he's a landowner. And I'm going to talk about why I did that, how I did it, all of the great stuff. So, and I framed it and I got it up on the wall. So, and this is the deed with my name and his name. And I just paid a property tax. So he's now a landowner. So, exactly. We just spoke about that whole land. Okay, we got a caller coming in. Give me one second. One second. We got a caller. One second. Hold on there, caller. What's that? 8384. Go ahead. You're on live. Hey, Chris, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Who are we speaking to today? Oh, we got Gary from Annapolis, Maryland. Gary from Indianapolis, Maryland. What's going on, my man? You out there with the Naval Academy. Nothing. Yeah, the Naval Academy. Nothing much, man. Appreciate everything you do. Watch all your videos. It's very informative. You teach me a lot of good information. Okay. Now, nice, nice. Max B said, finally, we got the acres we need. So what's on your mind? Well, I was just calling about the IPOs, and I was just wondering, I know that you were saying that it's not, really a good investment because that the bigger companies can get in early. Mm -hmm. But what about if you think about, you know, keeping the companies in your portfolio for like five or 10 years out, you know, you're not looking for just a quick flip. Well, this is how I would look at it. If it was me, right. Um, mm -hmm. what I would do, I will wait till the finances of the company came out, come like Lyft just went public three months from now. You're going to be able to look at the finances of the company. You're going to tell how much money he, uh, the company is making. You want to be able to tell how much the company is losing, right? Um, you're going to be able to tell uh, everything about this company. And you're going to be able to make a more sound investment when the finances come out. You get what I'm saying? Because right now, what do you really know about Lyft? Not much. You don't know anything. How much money does Lyft make? How much debt does Lyft owe? Um, uh, how much debt does Lyft owe? How much money does nobody? You don't know anything. So right now, it's more of a risk because... You're sucked into the brand. You're familiar with the brand. I did the same thing when Pandora came out. I was like, man, Pandora, oh my God, you know, but all these different, I can't even think about how many IPOs I saw go public. But I did the same exact thing and I thought, man, you know, um, this company is great. Facebook came out, blah, blah, blah. But had I just waited, I could have made a more sound investment. So I would say, you know, patience. Patience is key, keeping a level head. Because think about it, what did Buffett say about people being greedy? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. So here you go, Gary. I'm going to give you the quote. Be fearful when others are greedy. Be greedy when others are fearful. When IPOs come out, do you think people are greedy or fearful? They're greedy. So be fearful when others are greedy. So when I see a bunch of people running behind something, they're greedy behind something, I become very skeptical. 
So I would rather wait. So that's my sign of, hey, wait. So I'll wait until the finances come out. I'll wait until the black and white. Hold on, we got one. We got one. Hold on one second there, uh, 0544. Right. 0544. One second. Okay, I got him on mute. So give me one second, uh, 0544. Uh, wait till we get through with uh, 8344. So that's my thought process. What's on your mind? That's it, pretty much. That was it. I uh, appreciate everything. Uh, keep up the good work. All right, have a nice one, Chris. All uh, right, you do. Thanks for calling me, Gary. All right. Zero five four four. What's your name? Where you calling from? Hey, this is Tony C. Wright from Cleveland, Ohio. How you doing? You said what was the name again? Tony C. Wright. Tony. Oh, Tony C. Wright. Okay, Cleveland, Ohio. What's going on? Nothing, nothing. We like to get you here to Cleveland. Do you travel and speak? Yes, I, I, I do move around. I do keep a little busy. You know, um, I've never been to Cleveland, you know. But, okay, uh, I like to get your information so I can uh, maybe present it to the library and see if we can get you here maybe sometime this summer or fall. Okay, great. Um, shoot me an email, and I have my, um, my producer here get with you and work everything out. Uh, shoot me an email at Prince, P-R-I-N-C-E, at ChildrenFinancialLiteracy.org. Could, could you put that on your site? I guess yeah. post that on there. Yeah, don't put it in. To write it down. Don't put it in right now. Okay, yeah, I'll put it in ASAP. All right, definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Keep All up the good work. Thank you. Appreciate it, Tony. All right, bye-bye. That's all right, Cleveland, Ohio. Never been to Cleveland. F I N A N. Should I spell it right? F I N A N C I A L. I'm not the smartest. Prince, P R I N C E, at childrenfinancialliteracy.org. That's my email. I just put it into the chat room um, so everybody can see it. And if you want to shoot me an email, um, definitely don't mind. I'll shoot me an email. So definitely can shoot me an email on that. But that's my take on the IPOs. What else y'all got on y'all mind tonight? What's my water? My mouth is going to look dry. So that's what I did. Um, so I'm going to write about that. I'm going to put it on um, Jay Fox's Just Kidding. I don't. I don't. I, I don't even. I don't know what you're kidding about, Jay Fox. He said you can use that land if you have nothing left. Yes, you can use it. Yeah, that's true. All else fails. I become a loser in life. What else I want to show y'all? Um, I don't have it down here. It's probably somewhere um, upstairs or something like that. I don't know where I put it at. But yes, I am my latest uh, certification, chartered portfolio manager. I am the world's newest, probably not the newest of now, but Chartered Portfolio Manager, thank you guys for giving me the thumbs up on the channel for that. I'm always a student. I'm always learning. I wish I could show you all my library over there. That's my, my most prized possession, but um, all that stuff is great. So, yes. Yes, you guys. But yes, that's the whole thing. That's all you guys got to do. But um, anyway, I don't know how long I've been on. Oh wow, I've almost been on almost an hour. But anyway, thank you. Thanks for the people that called in, that spoke. 
Um, thanks for the people uh, who have been supporting me. If I have helped you out anyway, this channel is being supportive. Go out and check out my books, my Wesley Learn series, Wesley Learns to Invest, and Wesley Learns About Credit. They are available everywhere. They are streaming on Amazon. I mean, they're audio books, e-books, paperback, hardcovers on Amazon to Books A Million, Walmart.com. They're everywhere. So go check that thing out. Support Children's Financial Literacy. So, um, and my third book will be out in June. Can't wait. So anyway, guys, boys and girls, children of all ages, I'm out of here. Peace. I'm about to get out of here. So I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Thanks to everybody for the thumbs up. Um, love each and every one of you guys for kicking with me on Sunday night. Until the next video, podcast, cartoon, or whatever else you see me do crazy around the globe. Peace, be safe, I'm out, and thank you. Peace.